0: Thanks for listening to Pregnancy Pearls Podcast with me, Dr. Nicole Plenty. So y'all, we are wrapping up the last week of April. Yep, we're about to be in May, which means that summer is just around the corner. So if you're in the South, then you're already in the swing of warmth, right? But if you're on the East Coast or in the Midwest or somewhere up North, you are literally probably still feeling wind chills and will still feel them until actually the summer hits. I didn't realize that the first day of actual summer wasn't until June 21st. So, yeah, being from the from Louisiana, we had fall and we had summer. And we complained about it being cold during the winter when it was only in the 60s. And then we complained about it being actual summer when it was in the hundreds, right? But once I moved to Indianapolis and we still had snow the first week of May, I was miserable, okay? But that's okay, people. Summer is just around the corner and we will soon be there. Okay, so now that we've gotten our little small talk out of the way, let's focus on what we're really going to talk about this episode. Now, this one is a bit more serious because... We have to chat about STDs and this time we're going to chat specifically about how it affects unborn babies and that is congenital syphilis. So if you've never heard of syphilis, it means you've never had sex education, but syphilis is a sexually transmitted disease. It's caused by the bacteria Treponema pallidum, okay? It can be transmitted Only a few ways. So by direct contact with an actual lesion during vaginal, anal or oral sex or vertically through the mom to the baby. Okay, those are the those are the ways sexually or congenitally from your mom. Now, you cannot transmit it through sitting on a toilet seat. You can't transmit it through sharing eating utensils or being in the same swimming pool with somebody else that has a lesion or the bathtub You can't get it from sharing clothes with somebody. You got it from sexual contact with somebody that has syphilis, okay? That had an actual lesion. Now, there are pretty much four stages of syphilis. Then we also throw in latent and neurosyphilis in there as well. So realistically, overall, five stages. So you have primary syphilis, which is a single sore or multiple sores on the penis, vagina, anal, anus, rectum, or the lips, okay? Basically, wherever that lesion came in contact with the mucous membrane is where you will see that lesion. Now, that lesion is a painless sore. It almost looks like a little crater sore, like a chancroid sore, um, in that it's not like a blister. It's actually like an open sore. And the key there is it does not cause any pain. So you see a lesion there. It's not causing any pain. And then eventually it just goes away, right? And it can go away even without treatment, just goes away. Then if you don't get treatment, that can develop into secondary syphilis, which is when you have skin rashes or sores in your mouth, vagina, anus. And honestly, you can get rashes pretty much anywhere, but those are just the most common symptoms. And you also have associated like flu-like symptoms. So you have a fever Swollen lymph nodes, a sore throat, body aches, chills. You're super tired all the time. And so that comes a couple of um, a couple of months later. Okay, so let me back up. So stage one, we have a painless sore. That's going to last three to six weeks. Okay, and then the secondary syphilis can last like pretty much anywhere from three weeks to six months, but even a year. And you just have this rash. Now the rash usually goes away after a couple of weeks, but then you can still have this like sort of syndromic symptoms. So you can see how people may not really know they have it, right? Like you have this painless blister that's ruptured basically. So it's a sore and unless you are like looking for it or you feel it and you're really, you know, really, you know, Into intertwine with yourself, like really searching, you may not know that there's a sore even there, right? You may feel it, but you not know it's there, it doesn't cause you any pain. Then you just keep on bop, beep bop, and then all of a sudden you got a rash, right? Now that you may know a little bit like, hey, where's this rash coming from around my mouth? Where's this rash coming from on my vagina? Like, where's this rash coming from? But then the rash goes away. Right? So you're thinking, okay, this is nothing. And then you can have latent syphilis. Now latent syphilis, years. You can have latent syphilis for years. And guess what? You have no symptoms, no signs, just years. And then you can develop tertiary syphilis, which is very serious. And this is when you've had syphilis for 10 to 30 years after that first sore that you had, the onset of the infection. And that can cause damage to numerous organ systems and that can even result in death. And we know this because of the Tuskegee Airman study, right? They had untreated syphilis for a long time. And so we know that it can develop into a multi-system organ failure. And then you can also get neurosyphilis, okay? You get neurosyphilis, you can get ocular syphilis, you can get autosyphilis. Now, what do those things mean, right? So neurosyphilis, when you have an infection in the brain, and the central nervous system. Okay, so people have issues with memory; they can have cognitive delay. Um, they can have issues walking. Um, that is neurosyphilis. Okay, so anywhere that infection is in the brain, it can affect that affect that area of the brain. Ocular syphilis when people have issues with vision. Okay, blindness due to syphilis uh, affecting those ocular nerves, and then auto syphilis is issue with hearing or deafness because of eighth nerve damage. Now, eighth nerve is obviously your ocular nerve. I mean, your auto nerve, the the nerve, the auditory nerve, that's going to allow you to hear. And so you can get that eighth nerve damage, which causes you to be deaf. Now, the kicker is, we used to think, hey, this is progressive, right? Primary, secondary, latent, mean no symptoms, and then tertiary, right? For, and then neurosyphilis. We now know that that's not the case. So you can actually get neurosyphilis at any stage of syphilis. So you get that painless sore and then you can have symptoms of neurosyphilis. Now, usually it's, it doesn't work that way, but there have been cases of people that have neurosyphilis and have not had syphilis that long. If you do have syphilis and you get pregnant or you get it during pregnancy, in addition to all the things and all the ways it can affect you, you can also uh, affect your baby, okay? So syphilis in pregnancy increase the risk of a stillbirth or losing the baby during the pregnancy. It also increased the risk of preterm premature birth, increased risk of having a small baby. And it also increased the risk of congenital defects, which we'll talk about in a second. And your baby can even pass away because of it infecting the lungs or the brain of the child, okay? And so that can cause death, during the pregnancy or after delivery. Now, congenital syphilis occurs when a mom who has syphilis passes that disease to the baby during pregnancy. So how does it do that, right? Syphilis can cross the placenta, okay? That's how it can do that. It can cross the placenta and that's how it gets to the baby. Now, congenital syphilis is the second leading cause of preventable stillbirth globally only preceded by malaria y'all only preceded by malaria now that's saying a lot because we're looking at preventable stillbirths not just in underdeveloped countries that have malaria but i'm talking about developed countries as well and because of this risk of syphilis in general there is a 700 percent increase in cases of congenital syphilis in the US in the last 10 years. Did did you hear me? 700% increase rate of congenital syphilis right here in the great US of A. Now congenital syphilis can occur at any stage. People think, oh, I just got syphilis last week. I can't, my baby can't be affected. That's a lie. Your baby can be affected. Now it does depend on the severity and how long mom has had syphilis. And when the syphilis was treated. And if it was completely treated, yes, obviously the faster you're treated, the less likely a baby is to develop congenital syphilis. But there's nothing that says if you've only had syphilis for a month, your baby can't get congenital syphilis. That's not true. Okay, so we just want to be, you know, looking as much as we can for signs of that. And we want to treat you as quickly as we can to reduce your risk as much as we can. So if you, mom, has syphilis, we look for signs of fetal infection on ultrasound. And so some of the things we look for are the placenta or the afterbirth being big and thick globular, okay? We look for evidence of an enlarged liver in the baby and you'll see that the, the size of the abdomen or the stomach is just bigger in those babies. And we look for signs of anemia, which uh, signs of anemia looks like a thick heart because the heart's have to work over time to pump more blood, and so the heart can get also that muscular muscle can get thick just because of overuse. And we also look for a fluid that's built up in the chest and in the belly of the baby, in the skin. And that if we have fluid that builds up in two or more compartments of the baby, like in the chest or around the heart, or in the belly, then that by definition is called hydrops, okay? That's called fetal hydrops. The baby has fluid in, in areas of the body because of severe anemia. We can also look for evidence of cataracts in babies because we know that syphilis can cause blindness. We look for evidence of cataracts or haziness of the lens on ultrasound in the eyes. We also look for small babies and then abnormalities of the shape of the bones, especially the lower bones, okay? So we see like some indention of the shins of the baby. Now after delivery, the earliest sign of congenital syphilis is nasal discharge. So, because most people that have babies that have signs of congenital syphilis have that early, like first trimester exposure. If you get it later on after organs are developed, you may not know if your baby has congenital syphilis. Your baby comes out normal, and then one or two weeks later, your baby has nasal discharge or runny nose, okay? And then a month later, your baby could get a rash on the baby's face most commonly, but could also be anywhere on, on the body, almost like the rash of secondary syphilis. Babies can also have nerve damage causing the cataracts. Remember, we talked about ocular syphilis, it can have blindness, okay? It can have deafness because of eight nerve damage that we talked about, auto syphilis. And then even meningitis, which is going to act like a neurosyphilis picture. Now, in childhood, we see that those children eventually have developmental delay, cognitive delay, issues with speech and development. They can also have Hutchinson's teeth. So instead of the teeth, uh, especially the the front teeth, having a square-like shape, those teeth are more pointed, okay? Hutchinson's teeth, more pointed, almost like shark-like teeth. Okay, we see that. Babies can also get what's called interstitial keratitis. That's just a a haziness of the cornea or of the eyes. So we see this like hazy, like mask of the eyes. And then, like I said before, before, eighth nerve deafness. So deafness because of damage specifically due to eighth nerve that allows us to hear. So as you can see, this can be a serious situation. And because of the cases of syphilis being on the rise... We have, a, we have more congenital syphilis also being on the rise. So it's very diligent that you know your partner, you talk to your spouse, you're honest about any type of infidelity. I'm not saying i cheating, but we need to be honest about this to prevent this from affecting our children. All right. So now that you know a little bit more about congenital syphilis, let's go to some questions and cases.
2: First case is a 22-year-old who is pregnant with her first child. Her boyfriend tested positive for syphilis, but just told her after her test came back positive at her first prenatal visit at 14 weeks. She was told that she needs treatment for syphilis along with a detailed ultrasound. She was sent to you for further counseling about the risk to her baby.
0: The intro just told you all the things that could happen to the baby. But at 14 weeks, you are less likely to have a baby that has congenital syphilis. But if your baby has congenital syphilis, you are more likely for it to be severe, okay? So the so your OBGYN told you, right, you do need a detailed ultrasound. We usually do that around 18 weeks. But if you're sent for a referral for a consultation at 14 weeks, what we will do is talk about how long you've had it, okay? It sounds like you don't know how long you've had it, right? So your boyfriend tested positive for syphilis, but he just told you, and probably the only reason he told you was because your test came back positive. And then you had to go and tell him or confront him. And he said, oh, yeah, I did test positive. But we don't know if he tested positive and got treated. And, you know, then you didn't know that you were exposed. So then you may have reinfected him. So it may be the the gift that kept on giving that you're reinfecting each other. We don't know if he just found out he had syphilis. We don't know if he had been with somebody that gave him syphilis and now you tested positive a week later. We just don't know the timeline. So some of this is having a come to Jesus with your spouse or significant other and saying, okay, let's be real because we need to figure out the risk to our baby. How long have you had it? Do you know who exposed you to it? How long were you treated? Why did you not tell me sooner so that I could have gotten treated before? Depending on how long you've had it, if you haven't had any symptoms at all, then I would assume that you're in that sort of latent phase, right? Because the rash could be very subtle. Okay. It could be very subtle for secondary syphilis. And if you didn't if you never had a lesion and never had a rash, we don't know if it's that you just haven't developed the lesion yet. And you haven't developed the rash yet. Or If you had those things and you just sort of ignored them because they're very subtle symptoms and you're with one partner, so you would have no reason to think that you would have to watch out for syphilis. So at this point, you do need treatment and you need treatment with penicillin because that's the only thing that you can take in pregnancy that will prevent congenital syphilis. Okay, Nothing else has been shown to prevent congenital syphilis except for Bicillin, which is the same thing as penicillin G. Okay, so you do need that. You do need to make sure that your partner is tested and treated as well. Because what we don't want to do is treat you and then you go back home and make up with your significant other and then he reinfects you, right? That just like defeats the purpose. So we want to make sure that both of you are on the same page and you both get treated. Now, if you never had, if you don't have the primary lesion, we're assuming that you have latent syphilis and that means that you need to be treated. with three doses of penicillin. If he recently got diagnosed and he hadn't been exposed for long and you just haven't developed any of those symptoms yet, then you may be a candidate for getting one dose of penicillin. But if he is not being honest or he doesn't remember who infected him, or he thinks that this could have been something he had for years because he didn't realize he was positive and you are sure you haven't been with anybody else, then I would err on the side of caution and treat you with the three doses of penicillin um, because under treatment is just like having no treatment in terms of exposing the baby and the risk of congenital syphilis. So we're gonna err on the side of caution and give you the three doses of penicillin if he has no idea when he was infected or has no idea how long he was infected, which means that he doesn't know how long ago he gave it to you. If he gave it to you, that's assuming that you weren't with anybody else that could have possibly given it to you. And you've had a negative test, you know, before in the past that proves that you were negative at some point, but I would err on the side of caution and treat you with three doses of penicillin. If we don't know that actual timeline, in addition to treating you and doing a, a, a brief early anatomy scan, You need to come back at 18 to 20 weeks to get your detailed anatomic survey. So a detailed ultrasound to look at the baby from head to toe to make sure nothing is going on. And then even after that, because there's a risk of the baby being smaller and there's a risk of people that have uh, babies with congenital syphilis having nothing at all, you do need growth scans pretty much every month to make sure that the baby, one, doesn't start showing signs of congenital syphilis, like. The cataracts that we can see, we may see little calcifications in the brain or little white spots in the brain um, or growth restriction, meaning the baby's growth starts to fall off. We want to follow you to see if we see anything that develops later on in pregnancy. So you would get your detailed ultrasound at 18 to 20 weeks. And then once a month, you would have an ultrasound to recheck everything to make sure the growth's okay and there's no other findings that could be concerning for congenital syphilis. And then we also make sure the neonatologist knows that you were exposed even if you are fully treated. Now, they are gonna look for signs after delivery of congenital syphilis. And they also make sure the baby makes all milestones like they would any other baby. But your pediatrician, if the baby's not meeting milestones, then it is like, is this, is this attributed to congenital syphilis or is this attributed to some other etiology, okay, that the baby's not meeting milestones? So they would have to follow the baby to figure that out. But rest assured, the risk isn't super high of getting congenital syphilis if you are treated during the pregnancy. Now, people that don't get treatment within four weeks of delivery, even if you get treated, it's not long enough for treatment to actually reduce the risk of congenital syphilis. So we always wanna make sure that we get treated as soon as we possibly can to reduce the risk, especially if there's somebody that's in the third trimester because we wanna make sure that the baby gets treated to decrease the risk of congenital syphilis before delivery. Now, the good thing is you're only 14 weeks. So if you start getting treated now, which is three, one dose of penicillin three times each one week apart, then you should be able to progress and proceed through the pregnancy just fine and and not have too many concerns. But it's better to be safe and be monitored through the pregnancy than assume that if your detail scan is normal, then nothing's going on. We still got to follow proper precautions and go through the proper channels to make sure everything is okay. The best thing you can do besides initiating your treatment now is to make sure that you and your significant other going forward are on the same page. You both get treated. You both decide, hey, if we're going to stay together, we're not going to go outside of our relationship because what you don't want to do is get reinfected, okay, with syphilis, that you will get tested again in the third trimester is another time where we will test you to see if you have any STDs, including syphilis. Um, We test for HIV and gonorrhea and chlamydia. And any other thing that you think you need to be tested for, you can let your OBGYN know, but you will get tested at the beginning, like 28 to 32 weeks to make sure that you don't have syphilis at that point. Okay. And that's just to make sure that you're treated at least four weeks before delivery to reduce the baby's risk of congenital syphilis um, and signs after delivery. Okay. Let me recap a couple of things. So one, in addition to getting tested at 28 to 32 weeks, everyone is screened in the first trimester, not just this patient. Everyone now, according to the CDC and the American College of OBGYNs, should be screened for, for syphilis in the first trimester. And then again, in the third trimester, you're rescreened, even if you were negative in the first trimester. And that's because the rate of syphilis is... Is going up so much now that we can't afford to miss this opportunity to treat babies and prevent them from getting congenital syphilis. And then after that, if you are positive in the third trimester, then mom is also tested after delivery and so is the baby. Okay. They're both tested after delivery and treated if there is still signs of congenital syphilis. I know that case was a mouthful. So I'm going to recap the case, Pearl and it is anyone with an unknown duration of syphilis should be treated with for latent syphilis with three doses of penicillin g which is the same thing as bacillin all right medical intern what's our next case
2: our second case is a 30-year-old who is 18 weeks pregnant with her second child she recently found out she tested positive for syphilis and treatment with penicillin was recommended however the patient states that she is allergic to penicillin and that her reaction is hives. She requested to take another antibiotic instead. She was referred to you for consultation and management of treatment.
0: Like I said before, the only treatment for syphilis that can prevent congenital syphilis is penicillin G or bisillin. Now, sometimes our lives are made a lot com- more complicated if you have something like hives. Even if you had an allergic reaction that is, called anaphylaxis, which means that your throat swells and you could need to be intubated urgently because you could die for not breathing. We still recommend you get treated with penicillin despite that, the severe life-threatening reaction. And what we do in those cases is you are desensitized to penicillin, okay? So what happens is, it depending on your reaction, you are either observed, outpatient, And you're given, you know, an antihistamine like Benadryl and Tylenol to pre-medicate you. And then the immunologist or infectious disease specialist, I'm used to working with an infectious disease specialist doing this, but sometimes immunologists do this as well. They're going to give you a little bitty dose, a mini dose, okay, of penicillin to see what happens. And then they're going to wait. And then if you have no reaction... And then give you another dose. So it's sort of like dosing you up to cause your body to become immune to penicillin. Okay. It's like slow dosages over time. And then once you are able to tolerate a full dose, then we know that, okay, now you can have the other two doses. Okay. Now, let's say your reaction is like, is hives or anaphylaxis. So you say it's hives. Those are people that are usually admitted to be desensitized. So, Usually you are, if it's anaphylaxis, for sure, you're in the ICU. Some people do um, desensitization in the, like a step-down unit. So it's, it's not necessarily an intensive care unit, but it is like a unit that has close um, nurse to patient monitoring, okay? And you're de- still desensitized by giving you small doses as well, along with antihistamines to make sure you don't have an allergic reaction. And then you're monitored very closely after each dosage, and treat it accordingly. The reason they do this sometimes in the ICU is if you need to be urgently intubated or you need oxygen, then you're already there, right? You're already in the hospital and they can give you medicine and intubate you and save your life. But most of the time it's such a slow dose and such a slow desensitization that we don't really worry. You know, there's not really as big of a risk as people think, because it is like giving your body very small doses. And sometimes people do need oxygen, but rarely do people need to be intubated to save their lives. So I don't want you to be like, oh my God, I'm gonna have risk my life if I get desensitized. No, the infectious disease doctors, the pulmonologists, they know what they're doing. It is slow desensitization, but it has to be done because otherwise- You can be treated, but your baby still runs the risk of congenital syphilis. And we don't want that. We don't want any long-term outward sign of syphilis for the rest of this child's life. So we have to desensitize you to make sure that the baby is not affected. And so the case pearl for this one, like I said previously, the only treatment in pregnancy for syphilis is penicillin G, which is the same thing as vicillin. Anyone who is allergic must be desensitized and then proceed with treatment. All right, medical intern, do we have any emailed questions?
2: Yes, this one says, Dr. Plenty, I'm six weeks pregnant and found out that I had syphilis and was treated with a dose of penicillin. My husband claims I must have had it for a while because he said he didn't give it to me, although he hasn't been tested yet. My question is how long... Can someone have syphilis and have no symptoms? Also, I heard the risk to the baby is low because I'm so early. Is that true?
0: You've said a lot in this question. So first I wanna say, sometimes it's not worth doing the blame game, right? So I would encourage you and your mate to seek counseling and get on the same page. If he hasn't been treated, he has no idea if he has it. And even if he was tested, You could have gotten it from him or he could have gotten it from you because if you're sexually active and you're married, unless you literally go back on your timeline to figure out when was the last time you each had intercourse with somebody else and when was the last time we've each been tested for STDs that were negative, you're not gonna be able to figure that out. So counseling is needed to figure out the whole infidelity thing. But in terms of this situation, could you have had syphilis and not know it? Yeah, you could have had syphilis for years. He could have had syphilis for years men are more likely to notice the lesion, okay, right? Because the penis is outward. They can look down and look at their penis and see a sore on their penis, right? They're having to hold their penis when they go to the bathroom. They can feel the sore on their penis. Even if it's painless, they know that that's not supposed to be there. Versus women, I mean, even if we feel something, we have to, and the lesion could be inside of the vagina. So if it's painless, we may not be able to, see the lesion unless you literally get in a mirror and really looking. And even then it could be inside the vagina. So could you have had this for years? Yes. You could have had it for years. Uh, Latent syphilis, you know, like I said, starts at, you know, can last 10 to 30. I mean, can last years and years and years. Okay. And you may not have ever developed signs of, you know, tertiary syphilis or which is some inorgan damage or neurosyphilis. So yeah, you could, have, you could have latent syphilis that could be asymptomatic for years. And you could have just not known that you had a lesion and not noticed the rash. Yeah, that could actually happen. The rash of syphilis is usually very telling, but the thing about it is it goes away even without treatment. So if you're somebody that like sort of waits it out, you may not know that you've had it. Or it could be that, you haven't had symptoms yet. Like, let's say you did have intercourse with somebody else or your husband had intercourse with somebody else and then infected you, you may just have not developed symptoms. But to answer your question, yes, you can have syphilis for years. Um, Usually you have the lesion and the rash, but like I said, sometimes the rash is more subtle and sometimes the lesion, especially in women, may not be noticeable. And so if you're in the latent phase or you're in a phase that you haven't gotten symptoms yet, you may not have, just not know it. So let's not do the blame game. Let's go counseling, okay? Because in the office, it's not the time to do the blame game. Go to counseling outside of the office, seek marital counseling. But first, both you both need to be tested. So he needs to be tested. And then you both need to be treated right away. Now, you heard that the risk of the baby is low because you're so early. That is true, you're more likely if you are in that like three to five week period and you got syphilis to have a miscarriage than you are to proceed and have a baby with congenital syphilis, but it's not impossible. Now, because you've made it to six weeks and you're going to get treated, the risk of having congenital syphilis is lower in you. But if the baby gets congenital syphilis, it is more likely to be congenital, like severe Birth defects as opposed to somebody that got it in the third trimester, so the good thing is you're early, you can get treated early, and the likelihood of transmission versus a miscarriage is very low okay because you would be in that all in none period where you would have had a miscarriage if it did affect the pregnancy so so in a in a nutshell, yes, that's true. The likelihood is very low of the baby getting congenital syphilis because you're in that all a none. Uh, period of the pregnancy when you got treated. I mean, when you got exposed to the infection. All right, medical intern, is that all of our cases and questions? And she's shaking her head. Yes. So thanks so much, you guys, for listening to Pregnancy Pros Podcast. I hope that you've learned more about congenital syphilis and that you never have to deal with an infection. If you enjoy the show, please make sure to share with your friends, rate, and comment. If you or someone you know has had a pregnancy complication or unique pregnancy situation, let me know about it. Email me at pregnancypearls at gmail.com to hear your topic or case discussed on one of our podcast episodes, Also, remember to follow me on Instagram at pregnancy underscore pearls and Facebook at Pregnancy Pearls. You can also feel free to check out the YouTube channel for my throwback talks about pregnancy complications, the website, which is Dr. Nicole Plenty for free pregnancy downloadables. And for goodness sake, catch up on the podcast episodes. In closing, remember to advocate for yourself. You are your biggest advocate and no one knows what's going on with your body except for you. Thanks for listening.
1: questions regarding a medical condition. Pregnancy Pearls is a mean old lion media production.
0: You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft.
2: LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement.